With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Still kicks goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. Is that the goal that's played for Manchester United? Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's into the left. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strutty Cast. This week we have two podcasts starting off tonight. We're going to review the nil-nil draw with Newcastle and preview the Champions League qualifier against Club Brugge, a second leg. Joined by a new panellist this week, Darren. Darren Russell, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not too bad. Darren's a Premier League scout, so we get some insight in him and on the back of Louis van Gaal's press conference and how he thinks Maron Fellaini is somewhat a number 10 or a number 9. Laughing out loud. Jonathan, you're, you've returned. How are you? Fine and dandy. Good stuff. Uh, I'm sure you'll be with us on Thursday night to, to review the, the Bruges game. Indeed, in all its victorious, glorious detail. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, then we'll jump into the, the review of the Newcastle game. Now, you know, we, we're still yet to concede a goal. Still to, to, to lose a game. But we have dropped points against a, an absolute wolf and Newcastle side. What did you make of the performance, Dan? The first 20 minutes, I suppose, they, they, that was kind of vintage United. Uh, yeah, I was very happy with the first 20 minutes. I thought we looked like the side we should look like, really, attacking down the wings and genuinely threatening, like threatening the full-backs and Shaw bombing on, Darmian the same. And then after 20 minutes, they just seemed to sit back in and kind of seemed nervous because Newcastle started to hit us a little bit on the counter and I think we just became kind of naive going forward which was a shame really Last week Johnny we, we spoke with Wayne Rooney and we mentioned the term wanking into a sock if he played well but it was, unfortunately we're not going to be wanking into any old sock um, <laughs> he wasn't very good he, perhaps a bit of an improvement in recent weeks but the one thing I know is in the first half of times he, he's our main man up front 
Yes. And at times in the first half, he was pushed out, out wide in the right with the ball. Now who, you know, when that does happen, if he's your main man up front, there's no one there to inside the box to make something happen. You know, and then the second half, he was dropping deep into midfield. And again, there was no one there. Is this yeah. Wayne Rooney totally losing the plot? Or do you reckon this is something that Van Hal is asking him to do when we drop deep? Because it makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely none because he had to do that when he was the bridesmaid and there was sort of a Ronaldo or a Van Persie playing the bride up top. But, you know, he's gone up the wedding rankings now. He is the bride. He's the one that everyone else is there to look after. And it's like the more we need him to be the guy who stood on that penalty spot waiting for the ball to come in, the further towards our box he's dropping back. I mean, I don't get why that could be, because when he's saying we don't have any other striker details in the pipeline, we've got no other transfers we're looking to do, we're happy that the forward options we've got are going to get us the goals we need. It's like every time Van Gaal says that, he drops 20 yard deeper. I don't understand what the mentality is behind that. Yeah, he, you know, I suppose the one thing I have to say as well is that especially on Twitter after the game, people were jumping down Wayne Rooney's throat and we weren't too happy about him last week either. But the, the difference is, you know, there are some fans out there that, you know, when they have an agenda against a footballer like Rooney and they have something against them, they, they genuinely hope each week that he doesn't perform so that their little opinion still stands. Um, yeah. Personally, I, I know your thoughts about Rooney, Darren, um, but I'm sure when you, when you see he's playing pure, poorly and you come out and you, you say how you see it, you still hope that you know he proves you wrong down the line. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Rooney over the years has probably been one of my favourite United players and it's a shame that it's got to this point. But I think with the fans, it's kind of getting to a point where everyone's bringing up all the past stuff with requesting yeah. a transfer and all that. And I think that's bearing on a lot of people's minds. But I also think going back to it, that really we don't create enough as well. You could easily put it on Rooney, but then really how many chances has he spurned or anything like that? And I think part and parcel is he hasn't been getting in the positions at all. So we don't create enough for him and we're not fast enough on the counter, but playing the two holder midfielders prevents us from doing that. Well, we mustn't forget too, it was in the first half, Rooney had a goal disallowed that, from my point of view, was um, onside. I've, I've, I've seen pictures and I've looked back at it again and um, one of the guys that was watching the game, when he thought, when he seen the, the replay, he still thought it was offside. I've watched it over and over again. Johnny, where do you stand on that one? I, I thought it was definitely onside. I, I, I'm, I'm giving him his on. He's literally talking inches in it. My understanding... Bear in mind, obviously, I'm not formally trained by the FA. Where it is as close as that, some benefit's got to go to the attacking side. That's how it would explain to me, at least. And on that basis, how a linesman can, with 100% certainty, stick his flag up is beyond me. But mm. I think that that's the problem seems to be, that you know he is one of these confidence players. When he scored one... He'll get four in the next three games until the next time he scuffs one wide from eight yard out and then he'll not score for five or six again. But I just think for him and for us, if he could have got his season off to that fly that he needs it to with that one being allowed to stand, 
there'd be a very different view of. It could be a different conversation, basically. We, 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 yeah. could, we could be talking about our captain and uh, hitting confidence and, and ready to yeah. start firing all cylinders again. We're, we're still yeah. we're waiting for that goal. And when that goal comes, we just don't know. And if linesmen are against us like that, it could take yeah. a while. Um, where did you stand okay. on the goal, Darren? Was it offside? Was it onside? I, I stick the same with Jonathan. I think um, there's got to be a benefit of the doubt that goes to Rooney. He's playing on the last shoulder, and there's no there's no daylight between the two players at all. No. And how someone can make that judgment instantly, and fair enough, everyone gets it right or wrong. But that that's like you said, Rooney's kind of clear cut chance since the one at Tottenham, which Carl Walker stuck in the back of the net for him and. Like you say, if that would have stood, we could be having a completely different conversation. I just think it's a bit unlucky, really. Yeah. The, the other um, thing to take from the game is obviously Matt was playing out wide in the right. Um, at times, like I remember Mark Ogden from the Telegraph after the game was um, he wasn't too complimentary of Mata. and I think he he was kind of pinpointing that maybe Mata was the issue with why Rooney isn't performing because Rooney might would perform better with with pace on either side of, of the flanks. Um, my own view on that would be well then maybe Mata would be performing better if he had someone pacey up front to run onto exactly. those true balls now, it works either way, I'm not saying Mark's right or Mark's wrong, I'm not saying I'm right I'm wrong, it, it works either way depending on your view Mata, yeah. best position for me in attacking midfielder um, and right now I don't think Van Hal sees him as that, and Van Hal obviously was playing two midfielders, centre midfielders, and he, he, he seems to prefer uh, an, a striker in the number 10 role. He doesn't like playing with three midfielders. Do you think that's a matter of not having any options outright to track back, like Mata does? And when we do, and if we do sign one in the coming days, will he then slot Mata as number 10, do you think, Jonathan, or do you think it's just a matter of he just doesn't trust him enough? I'd, I'd, I'd crave that. I think that the problem is, as we've touched on previously, the point where Mata worked out wide was when he had Herrera picking him out with the passes that only he can. It just it gave Juan the the space to run into that he didn't really have the pace to get without balls like that coming through. And so when you've got someone like Juan who needs that, cause he's not got the burst of pace to go past someone out wide. He needs. Balls played at angles that give him the room to attack. When he had that, he actually made it look like he could work quite well out wide, be it going past somebody and getting it in, or like the game against City and Liverpool where he got the vital goals in the game itself. Um, but I certainly think for the dream for me would be him actually behind Rooney mm. and someone else like Memphis on that right-hand side with an actual bit of pace that can, you know, just give them the ball. And they, they do what wingers do. They run out defenders. They terrify them. They just create space and panic. And that's what someone like Rooney needs is a back four that's perhaps scared to stand still and let us come at them. They're on edge there, chasing shadows. And that just creates that half-yard extra that Wayne needs for his three touches to get a shot off. I think the first 20 minutes when things were, were flying for his Memphis um, at times he looked dangerous but as the game went on and on and on his decision making was was quite poor um, yeah. and that let us down a number of times too but I did I did write on the blog previously too that when, when he came in 
he was never going to be an in success. He was always going to be a work, you know, a work in progress. He's going to take his time to to bed in. Um, mm-hmm. Darren has a skill working with young players. How can, how can you describe the transition from jumping from the Dutch league into Premier League? Like, did, did, you know, that takes a while to for a young player of twenty one. That's not going to happen overnight. No, definitely not. I mean, there's no doubt in Memphis' talent as you've seen against Bruges last week. I mean, two goals that from a United fans' point of view, is what we've been craving. A winger that'll run past people, attack people, not scared. But I haven't really seen that Old Trafford since kind of Ronaldo left with someone on the wing yeah. that would do that. And it was it was dead refreshing to see. But I, I didn't expect it as quick as what has happened. And I think the media and the fans jumped on his back after the Bruges one and were thinking he was going to score a hat trick straight away it's Newcastle and you you can't expect that you can't expect yeah. that it's Newcastle doubled up on him really um yeah. you're putting a big strong fallback against him which I mean he was all I, I always thought going into the game I thought he might struggle with it and like you say making that adaptation between Dutch and English football is a completely different um kettle of fish really and a lot of players have come and struggled with that but I think you've got to really realistically look at, not to quote Van Hall, but it'll probably take a year for him to fully bed in. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing too is the type of player he is, whether he's performing or not performing, when he does play, there's going to be defenders in the English league, good or bad, that are going to want to split him in half. And that that's another thing you're going to have to get used to. You know, I'm not I'm not comparing him to Neymar, but Neymar is another player that when I've watched Neymar, um, he's a player that has to get used to getting a trim in the whole time. You know, being kicked yeah. all over the place because that's the kind of, like, if you're being put on a, on a player like that and he's that skillful well that's all you can do is, is try and make shreds of him and yeah. it, it, it took Ronaldo a long time to learn from it took Nani a long time Nani's probably still learning how to deal with it um, <laughs> from that day at Anfield he's probably still in tears but see these are things that it, it takes a long time and some people are complaining complain, no Memphis was shit he was poor but that terminology is very off-putting for a young player. And, you know, have a bit of patience over time. He'll improve and hopefully, as Darren said, we're getting a, a bit of a taste of kind of a winger again, kind of willing to cut in and yeah. not be afraid, but really run at defenders. Because I, I love watching players like Alexis Sanchez and players that, no matter how times they're knocked, they're up again quicker, willing to go. Yeah. Luis Suarez was the same. He, they're horrible players because defenders don't know what to do. You knock them but they're straight back up again. They're willing to go, go, go again. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, another new signing, um, Darmy and I, settled, Steam settled quite quickly in English football. Um, one of the things Michael Owen picked up on, and I'm not a big fan of Michael Owen's commentary, but he was correct in saying so, that his defensive game is very strong, but he needs yeah. to be more alert going forward. Now, he's not as young as Memphis, so I think it's it's realistic to be expecting him to be a bit better and to bet a bit quicker as Van Hals is a year but as a right back um, and someone that looks so solid defensively I don't think he'll take half as long as the rest of them um, Johnny what were your thoughts on him on against Newcastle probably is his poorest game to date yeah I'd agree with that before I say anything else um, it, it's difficult because having gone from watching Valencia cause widespread panic every time he came out last season Anything that isn't Antonio is just a blessing that I'm grateful for. So, 
in that regard, even his worst game is still leagues better than what we saw last season. But I would have to agree that, yeah, you look at what he gives us defensively, and that is beautifully Italian. He knows how to go about protecting the goal behind him, and he looks like one of the bargains of recent years. But there is something where you can sort of raise that one area and sort of say the only thing that keeps him slightly below say the level that Neville hit is when Gary got in that final third and you got a ball to his feet for him to get across in he was barely behind Beckham in terms of his ability to actually get that ball in a dangerous area that somebody could feed off and do genuine damage with when the lad learns to do that then we've got a player since his arrival Johnny He's he's been substituted twice for Valencia. Now the other day I'm not complaining about it because Damien was breathing through his arse. He would work yeah. very hard for the whole game. So <laughs> he it, looked gone. So it, it was under, understandable why you'd take him off. Yeah. But going back to Rafael, and I, I, I'm probably going to say this a number of times throughout the season, the podcast, that you need two players in his position um, yeah. if you're going challenging for league titles and good yeah. cup runs and in Europe and so on. How can Van Hal see Valencia as a right back, Darren? I just—he's a winger, and even at that, he's not the best winger. But he's a good squad player. But he's certainly not a yeah. right back. It's—I I don't even know Antonio Valencia's position anymore. I think um, defensively, he doesn't know where to position himself. I watched the Tottenham game with a large number of Tottenham fans and. As soon as Darmian came off and Valencia came on, you could just see the amount of chances that were coming down our right hand side, because he just he he didn't he wasn't seemed to be bombing forward that game, but he wasn't seemed to be stood in the right position defensively. And I think even as a winger, since the season where he came back for the latter half of the season, and every cross was going straight on a United head, and everything yeah. was going to plan, and he, he was another one thrived on that confidence. Uh, but since then, he doesn't seem to be able to beat a man. No. Yeah, very one-footed, as probably a defender's kind of dream to come up against. Because if you show him inside, he always goes with his right foot. And I think it's a bit too predictable for kind of what what we're after. And But yeah. going back, he's not a right-back neither. But I don't think he's a quality enough winger to rely on if a Memphis gets injured or somebody like that. I, don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable playing him up against a, a very good left back no. we're coming into our fourth week of the season Premier League fixtures and after the game against Newcastle there's one particular journalist that wrote a piece and said that Bastian Schweinsteiger has not got the legs anymore now, the first 20 minutes of the game against Newcastle I thought Schweinsteiger did quite well um, he ran the midfield a few sloppy passes here and there but again he's probably not a full fitness yet it's been four weeks in how can people come to conclusion straight away um, that he's past it or he can't can't run the midfield anymore? Because I can guarantee you, the same people of this opinion during the summer when he signed for Manchester United, they were wanking into socks. Johnny? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's. I don't get where that motivation comes from. This is a guy who is as world class as world class can be, and there are certain players who. Even if the legs, I mean, it's ironic given how massive his are, aren't as strong as they were in his heyday. 
there's such an intelligence that that guy plays with where he can just conduct everyone and everything around him. He can use, sorry, he can lose a yard in his feet, but his intelligence will still put him three yards and four passes ahead of everyone that's around him. And that's why, regardless of age and fitness rate for last season, he's still, again, another one of those deals from this summer that is an amazing piece of business. And I'm, I'm with you, I don't get how. When, yeah, it's the third game of the season, it's the first one he started, he's picked up a knock during the one he started, yet still his commitment to trying to drive us on means he's done his best to kind of keep us moving forward and motivated after he's taken that knock as well. So I, I just don't see where somebody's motivated to think, right, he's a World Cup winner, a legend of this era, I'm going to knock him because United are knocking six a game in. Mm. Well, do you know, on, on that note, before we wrap it up on the Newcastle game, Darren, um, a lot of emphasis put on the midfield. You know, you've got Schweinsteiger, Schneiderlin, or sometimes Carrick. And I think that has more of a tank, tank for the entire brilliance of the back four because it's like a shield. It, it offers so much protection. Now, don't get me wrong, Luke Shaw's been fantastic. Darmian's been a blessing as Jonathan's gone into. Chris Mullen looks vastly improved. Yeah. But a lot of people have spoke about Daley Blind, the centre-back, and they've been biting their nails, have been happy that we need to go out and buy a centre-half and so on. He's been surprisingly good, Darren. Yeah, it's um, it struck me as a bit of a shock. I mean, even in watching the pre-season games and when Blind was named at centre-half, you're thinking, what, what's what gone wrong here? Why is, why is Blind playing at centre-half? But I think it's um, the bit of experience and I thought playing a lot of left-back um, was good yeah. for him. And I think as well, he's been very good for Luke Shaw with yeah. being able to cover him for Luke on the left. Um, but I just think it's his all-round experience and his reading of the game has served him really well. But I st- I'm still not convinced it's a long-term option when he's going to come up against the likes of Aguero or somebody like that. I think he might struggle. On that point, Darren, it's an interesting thing you bring up because Elko Barn, dust journalist on Twitter, was made the point there, Ron, that he finds it funny how the English mentality in, in football is that you can't have a small centre-back. They all have to be really big and strong. Um, but then you did reference to the understanding of, of a centre-back. Can you have a, a partnership in that role between one big man like Chris Smalling and one intelligent um, footballer like Blin beside him? Because, you know change the table and you've got two strikers, you've got one big lad and one small lad and they work off one another. Is that possible centre-back? And is it possible in England? It's obviously a different league as well than the league where you see Mascherano, a much better footballer, but he's not exactly your biggest centre-half. Um, I think so, because I think the game's uh, moved on since, you know, and especially nowadays, a lot of big teams play one up front, normally a big lad likes of Benteke, Lukaku, those type of people. So I think to have a big and a small centre-off offers you two different um, options, really. And with Blind being left-footed, which we know Van Hal seems to love signing left-footed players, mm-hmm. I think it um, it does offer a different option, but I'm just not sure if with someone running it in with pace. I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable with Chris Smalling, I think, since his sending off at City last season, I think he's really stood up for us and kind of gained a bit of maturity Massive. when nobody else could step up out of the shadow of Vidic and Ferdinand. They all looked okay with Vidic and Ferdinand and since both of them have left, everyone 
kind of scares the daylights out of me, including yeah. Phil Jones and those likes of people. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure with Blind. I'd like to. I'd like to see him um, in in a few more games with Smalling, and let's see him against put a proper test up against him because I don't think he's faced any kind of tough centre forward. I think Mitrovic did well for Newcastle though. On that on that note, I think he was for his debut as someone who's watched him over the last couple of years. I think he was a bit of a handful up top for them and feisty. Yeah, and a bit bit nasty, which yeah. is what what a lot of people like to see. <laughs> probably, probably what Bling needs. Bling controlled him quite well, but the more Bling comes up against these lads and does well against them, um, he's going to learn more and have to deal with them. You know, so when he comes yeah. up against Benteke in a week or two or, or three, you know, Benteke won't be easy. Benteke's a handful, and he he's a nasty fucker for centre halves. But I think the yeah. more the more Bling plays against these these guys. The bigger know-how he has. Um, so going into the game against Bruges, we'll quickly preview that one before we end the yeah. podcast. Jonathan, were you impressed by him last week? 3-1 win last um, week Delaney. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, obviously we gifted them the one they got, but it was just, it was one of those beautiful examples of, like, say, the 20 minutes against Newcastle, but say over two, maybe three periods where we played with that level of intensity. Mm. I think it was just sort of that frustrating part, sort of, say from the hour to the eighty-minute mark, where we just lulled. Where if we'd gone at it with a greater level of desire to wrap the job up, this could have been four-five-one already. We could have been sending the under twenty-ones for some much-needed game time. But it was just that taking the foot off the pedal that just sort of allowed the scoreline to look less in line with what the performance had been up to that, but I saw enough to think that we shouldn't have any significant trouble getting through tomorrow night. Memphis Depay took all the plaudits, everyone was writing about him and looking forward to the Newcastle game that he was going to change United instantly, but obviously that wasn't the case, he's a young yeah. lad progressing um, but then a lot of the talk too, Darren, was on Fellaini and before this podcast, Van Hal spoke to the press and said that this season he's going to play roles at number 10 and number 9, not the 8 or not the 6 in midfield. Um, looking forward to some Route 1 total football, as the Dutch call it, <laughs> Marvin Flaney. Um, I'm bracing myself for it because I think it's bound to happen. But um, the thing is, for Laney, he's not. he's never going to win the Ballon d'Or. He's never no. going to be, he's never going to go and beat five men and stick the ball in the back of the net. But I think especially with our limited options, he does give us that other option. And I think against Bruges was a perfect example. We had strikers struggling to stick the ball in the back of the net bar Memphis's two. And then um, you bring him on, you lump the ball up towards him, he nods a bit in the back of the net. And I think um, it, it's quite sad that a club of our size and our stature has to rely on. It reminds yeah. me years ago of when Blackburn threw Chris Samba up top to try yeah. and get them a few goals. That's what it reminds me of. And I think it's a shame that we have to rely on that. But Didn't Stuart, Pierce, Stuart Pierce show up and David James up front, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. For Man City. Yeah, <laughs> I think he that's... took out about four defenders while he was up there. <laughs> and that, that's how desperate it, it, it can get. But I think he does put himself about. And in the big games last season, he, he performed well for us. I think he's a good squad yeah. player, but... He's certainly not our striker or number ten no. for the future because I think you look at the class of Matter or 
even I'd rather a number 10 I'd rather put Herrera in there or Yanazai or even Depay yeah. there's a lot of other players for me that come there before him and but hopefully hopefully um, we don't have to rely on him for too long you mentioned Herrera there's a question in from Michael Greenwood Johnny um, yeah. if you had to come up with some sort of conclusion take a guess of what Herrera has done to deserve such lack of participation Um. I'd love to come up with a theory, other than the fact that Van Hal arrived with three cats and he's now got none. <laughs> Just for the amount of times that Ander appears to have worked his way back into the side and then without explanation gets dropped again. You know, the lad had a fine end to last season. Pre-season, one of the shining examples of it. And I genuinely convinced myself that Spurs were a blip. No, he... I don't get it, because when, as I said before, we're lacking, apart from Memphis, actual physical speed up top, you need someone who's got speed of mind and the ability to apply it to the ball to make up for that. And there's no finer example of it than Ander, and it's like the more we need him, the more reluctant Van Hal is to use him, and I just can't fathom that in the slightest. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a mad one because sure best period last season he was a vocal point to that. Yeah. Um whatever it is, Van Hackler's and trust, but maybe it's the theory that what I mentioned earlier on, that Van Hal has two midfielders and for the number ten role, he doesn't necessarily like a being midfielder, prefers being a forward. Um yeah. for whatever reason. But Herrera scored goals last season, you know? He did. Yeah. I mean, there's that ridiculous stat that the BBC were obsessed with that it's something like he had seven shots on target in the league and scored six. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't knock that as a, a record for a midfielder given how few games he actually played. But, yeah, for some reason it gets overlooked. It just yeah. seems like Van Hall has kind of cut him out of the system. If you, if, if you get that in the kindest way, like he's trying to tighten up the defence by playing yeah. Snidlin, um, Schweinsteiger or Carrick. And it seems like there's no place in there for Herrera because he gets forward and because he creates chances. But, yeah. but he doesn't seem to trust him as a number 10 neither, which which is a shame because I think last season he was probably our best player at times. Yeah. Another question for you, Jonathan. Um, mm-hmm. From John Shin. Thoughts on Flaney as a number nine? Um, I'd need a nappy on to think about that, to be fair. It's just... It, it, it's terrifying. The lad... He's decent in terms of being nothing more than a fear tactic. That if you've got a winger that's going to throw crosses in and every time a cross comes in, he's going to come charging at it, all afro and elbows. That's good on that front. Defenders lose track of what they're doing. They panic. They make a mess of the clearance. But then it needs somebody following it up to get all of these second balls and do something with it. And I don't think we've got that kind of player at the minute. So I just don't see where there's any joy to be taken from playing the lad that way. Last question for you, Dan. What striker, regardless of availability, would fit Louis Van Hal's current system. Um, You've got the money right now. So I've Bluebird, got all the money. And you can get that one striker. Um, from 
from a fan's perspective, I'd love to have if I could have any striker. Remember, right Charlton Cole's available on free. He was <laughs> he was the first name that came up into my head, but um, I, I'd love to if money was no object and he was available. I'd love to have Aguero just for oh. the sheer everything he brings to the game, and I, and I hate the fact he plays for City, and it pains me deep in the heart. But if not him, it'd have to it'd have to be someone like Ronaldo. I'd rather us. I, I question this all the time about either getting Bale or Ronaldo, but yeah. it's not going to happen. We'll probably sign somebody on loan from Bayer Leverkusen or something like that. We'll probably do yeah. what'll happen. Johnny, um, I'm loving the idea of Benzema. There's something Did he about Perahino. Why have Benzema? Um, he's only thirty million. Well, there is that, I suppose. If we've got all the money in the world, <sighs> I don't know. There's just there's something about the idea of for once actually going to rail and getting one of their favoured sons. That's probably shaking me thinking a bit. But he, he just looks to be that kind of forward that we'd need. Somebody who, if you give him a chance, he puts it away, and even if it's not a chance. He'll just get the ball and make it do something. So remember, as a kid against Leon when he turned Vidic and Ferdinand inside out. Yeah, that was a great goal. Oh, it was just it was amazing because that that's it. He's got. I'm not putting him in Van Nistelrooy's league because there's nobody else deserves to be in that. But he had that rude like knack of. Here's me. Here's the ball. There's the goal. It's pointless you being between me and that because I will do whatever I have to do to put A in B. Well, you've another good forward to it. I'm probably gonna get grief for this, but uh, when he played us a few years ago too, another one was Zeko. Um, he looked really good against United. Went to City yeah. and spent time on the bench, and he was reliable coming off the bench too. Yeah, I think he's gone. Has he gone alone, or has he gone fifteen million or something to the Serie? Yeah. Um, he's not a bad striker either. I'm not saying we should have went for him, but yeah. you know, you can't Van Hal can't come out after this transfer window and say that we can't get players not available. There has been some strikers available. Yeah. I, I I do like Christian Benteke. He went for a lot of money. I like Lukaku too, although I w- I would prefer Benteke. Um, there are players out there available. There's talk of Berahino. I think I can do much better than Berahino. Um, that's a Liverpool signer, <laughs> but you know there are players available, and it just it's, it's hard to know what Van Hal is looking for. Maybe he does want pace on the right more. Yeah. Than he wants wants centre forward. Maybe he trusts Rooney alongside two pacey wingers. We'll have to wait till Tuesday to find out what they're going to do. Indeed. But I'm not. I suppose I'm going to have to use the term net spend, which is all over Twitter lately. Hashtag net spend. That it's qu- it's it's quite low at the moment, so I mean, especially with the wages, free yeah. up something like eight hundred thousand, and cu- you have to expect that they're going to do something at least on deadline day. Yeah, and I hope to get it done beforehand because with Falcao coming on deadline day and so on, it's yeah. a bit circus like. It, it was. I mean that that was sort of very city and Liverpool like. Yeah, yeah he, he just looked like. Uh, the definition of panic, it just looked like, it, right, I've looked at the options for this season, it's just not going to work. Yeah, yeah, we'll sign him. We'll do what we have to, we'll get it. And on, in theory, that looked like one of the 
Coops of all time. It's like, hang on, this guy really is incredible. And then obviously what we're and now Chelsea are realising is, yeah, there's a version of him that's incredible, but the current one's crippled. The expiry just... day has run out. Yes. He's, st- he's still in Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got no idea where he is. He, he just... I mean, watching him for Chelsea the other day, I felt bad outly laughing at him, but I'm just thinking... You know, you've come on as a sub, Lado. It's not like you're in the 75th minute and you can blow that hard because you've been running for 75. I'm pretty sure you could have taken a fair few lads out of the crowd and put them on the pitch and they'd look in a fitter state than a guy who's still getting ridiculous amounts a week to do the same nothing at Chelsea that he did at United. So, it's bizarre. Before we wrap it up, scoreline predictions. Bruges, Darren, go for it. I'd I'd love to say we go over there and beat them three or four nil, but something about me says we'll probably go out there and maybe scrape a one nil or play for a one one because at the minute I don't think I just think he'll play the same two in front of midfield and, and lack the creativity. I'd love to see him give Herrera a chance to show what he's got to do, but I highly doubt, and I know I'm going to be disappointed when the team news comes out. Not to be negative, but that's what it seems like yeah. it's going to be like. Jonathan. Um, I'd go two one United. Um, similar hope for Pereira, for, for Herrera, also for Pereira as well because he had another cracking little pre-season, and I'd love to see the young man get a chance to uh, add to his reputation. Now he signed the deal, so if we can put some sort of score on that frees up the chance for him to get half an hour, that'd be grand. Gonna go for a two 0 win. I'm still pissed off the way we conceded that goal because we were going so well defensively uh, and that goal was a sneaky, sneaky little bastard. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I'm going for a 2-0 win. We'll be back on Thursday night for another podcast reviewing that and previewing Swansea, which will be another tough game in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, How can people find you, Darren? Uh, I'm on Twitter and it's eggs now with about five Zs I think it is so you can find me on that and feel free to tweet me anything I will reply Johnny yeah uh, Johnny Brook 1512 on Twitter that'll be me good stuff and Johnny's wrote a few bits for straight news in the past few weeks so they're well worth a read um, and Dan where are you are you still going to that do on deadline day yeah that's correct I'm going down there and it's now four hours of free beer so Boom. It sounds great to me. He's going on behalf of Stray News, who are after sorting down it with free beer and free food. <laughs> I can play with that. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow night. Come on, you Reds. <laughs>
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.